Honey, why can't I download any more series? Dad, my game just bombed. Daddy, I was speaking to Kevin and my cord just cut out. With uncapped Vox Fiber to the home, reaching your cap is a thing of the past. You can have all your devices connected all the time. Get unlimited browsing, unlimited calling, and unlimited entertainment. Vox Fiber. Now uncapped. T's and C's apply. For more information, visit vox.co.za. I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 168, for the weekend starting 24 February 2017. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of South Africa's best technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, MWC 27 Preview. Also this week, DSTV is hiking its prices, the Snapchat IPO, and ZarX, the new exchange, goes live. Time to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Trevor? <laughs> How's it, Duncan? Very good, thanks. Uh, before we boldly go where no podcast has gone before, shall we uh, get into our quiz? Let's do that. The first question in this week's quiz. Dark Fiber Africa's subsidiary SquidNet has switched on its Network of Things network in Gauteng. It is using technology from which French company? Our second question. Multichoice has expanded access to its DSTV Now online streaming uh, platform or service. Which DSTV subscribers can now access it? The third question. How many Earth-sized planets have been discovered orbiting a nearby star? And for a bonus point, uh, what is the system called? That's a cool story. Uh, fourth question. Who is stepping down this month as chairman of Ultron, uh, marking the end of an era? And the last question. Zarex, a new technology-based stock exchange, has been launched in South Africa. Which company was the first to list on the exchange? That's our quiz. We'll get to the answers to those at the end of the show. But... Uh Right now, we're going to get into the week's news. No, in fact, before we get into the week's news, I, I want to hear all about Reunion. You've just got back from uh, from the tropical island. Oh, yeah. Tell I me mean, about it. Feels, How is it? It feels a bit surreal to be back. But, uh, yeah, Reunion Island, what a fantastic place. I mean, it's 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 uh, the best way to describe it is, is tropical France. Um, everybody speaks French. It's It's got the a French flair on, on every street corner. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Tropical beaches, um, Swiss-like villages in the mountains. We we did a mountain hike up to one oh, of the wow. highest points. Um, it's fantastic. I cannot uh, recommend it highly enough. Uh, if if you like that kind of thing, and it's all, all only four hours away from Joburg yeah. in terms of a flight. So. Um, yeah, it's quite, I had so it's much quite fun. pricey though, isn't it? Uh, it wasn't too expensive. I mean, obviously yeah. everything's in euros, so so I mean, you, you probably pay between fifteen and twenty euros a meal, um, beer probably three to six euro depending on what you go for. Um, so you can do it on a budget, which we did, and we you know we kind of uh, did all we we done all the things that we wanted to do mm. apart from from the more lavish kind of helicopter rides and those kind of things. But to be honest with you, just going for the beaches, going for the mountains. Seeing the sights and driving around the island, it is absolutely fascinating. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was a great, great holiday. But, but it's Im- good to be back. Most important question: uh, forget about the the beaches and the the sun and the beer and the the the, the beauty of it. How is the internet there? <laughs> yeah, look, the Wi-Fi hotspots we used. Some of them were good, some of them were bad. But uh, on average, about ten ten megs, I reckon. Um, oh, not bad at all. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. We did managed to do most of the things. I did a live stream, Facebook live stream, which mm. seemed to go work well on the beach. Um, so I mean, it, it's 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 kind of close to one of the fiber links going down. So yeah. I'm not sure if they do tap into that, but uh, for a, for a high end DSL, it's uh, they they did build a subsea cable there. I think it's called Lion. It connects all those Indian Ocean islands. Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think they've re- recently actually got, gotten decent connectivity in the, in, on those on those tropical islands. In the yeah, look, I, only, I, only, I was exposed to kind of public hotspots. I didn't really get any... We, we, we did visit uh, one house, uh, some people that we met, and uh, the speed that I tried there was, uh, I think, just under 20 megs. Oh. And it was pretty good. Um, hotspots, like I said, was... Probably eight to ten megs on a, on a depending on how busy it was and how far we were. were. Mm. Um, nothing close to our beautiful fiber we've got here, obviously. <laughs> but um, I'm and sure I'm sure you can get that kind of thing there. And did you take your drone with you? Unfortunately not. Oh, it's in for repairs. Yeah, oh, it was no. a bit of a, a app failure. Um, I was testing a new app called Litchi, and I was trying to do. Uh, I, I use it for 360 photographs, and for some reason the app uh, crashed, and well, the app shut down. Basically, it yeah. lost communication with the drone and just landed. Sadly, it landed. 
landed on some uh, harsh terrain and the camera oh, yeah. broke. So oh, no. It's, it's fixed now, but uh, too late for, for unfortunately, you. for the island. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was very upset about that. I'm sure, because you I must d- have been able to get some amazing footage. Oh, if man, it, it, it would have been incredible yeah. to, to shoot there. Yeah. I got some great underwater shots. I mean, the tropical uh, snorkeling... Um, the, the, the snorkeling is beautiful there. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great fish, a lot of gullies, a lot of coral reefs. Um, it was fantastic. Sounds great. I think I'll have to go there at some point. It's between that and the Seychelles, I think. Uh, look, it's a lot more rural. I would. Uh, I haven't been to the other islands, but mm-hmm. as my first time to one of those tropical islands, it's not very commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the real island, and the people are incredibly friendly. Uh, yeah. We met three or four people who helped us from lifts from the airport mm-hmm. randomly um, to invite them to stay with their heart. At the house, oh, wow. um, taking us out for you know dinner if we ever come back there, that kind of thing. Oh, so fantastic. it was yeah, mm. a really good experience. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So um, staying with the travel theme, there's uh, there's a little conference starting in Barcelona this Sunday. Uh, you might have heard of it. It's called Mobile World Congress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've even been there a few times, but yeah. uh, not not the most fun you can have uh, in Spain, I'm sure. No, no. Um, I must say, uh, the last time I was there, which must be coming over three years ago now, um, it, it's chaos. It's complete mm, mm. chaos. Um, and I'm very glad not, uh, to not be going this year. I think it's a show you need to go to every three years or so. Um, but more frequently than that, I think it's going to age you prematurely trying to get yeah, to all the yeah. press conferences and try and see everything. The last time I was there, I actually only managed to see one haul out of seven. No, it is crazy. Unless yeah. you need to cover every beat that's there and then really be the, the eyes and ears on the ground, you can pick up most of the news from really credible res- uh, from really credible sources yes, remotely. You can. You and you can. can watch most of the streams. Um, that's my thinking behind it as well. I mean, on Sunday, the Sunday, it's 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 a bit like the, uh, the, the, the CES event in Las Vegas as well. A lot of the... Um, the big keynotes, the big important press conferences happen the day before the show opens. And that's certainly the case mm-hmm. this year. We're going to be seeing the big press conferences from the likes of LG and Samsung and uh, HTC and uh, yep, even Nokia, even Nokia. Uh, on Sunday afternoon. So um, we're looking Good forward Good Sunday to afternoon uh, TV watching, really. Indeed, indeed. Um, have to attend a press conference uh, at sun- on Sunday lunchtime. Uh, Telcom is making some announcements. Um, which I think believe are going to be quite interesting. Mm. But uh, I'll be coming rushing home after the mm-hmm. telecom press conference to start watching keynotes. No doubt streaming it in your car on the way back already. Probably. <laughs> Probably. Don't you love this connected world we live oh, in? Oh, indeed, indeed. Yeah, I'll try my best not to watch the keynotes while I'm driving. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's um, I, I must say it's a much more peaceful and um, less stressful way of consuming Mobile World Congress is to do it from the comfort of my own couch watching the keynotes on television. Hopefully with a beer in hand, I guess. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Best or any way to do it. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk a bit about Mobile World Congress because uh, it is one of the big trade shows of the year, um, probably on, on, on a CES sort of level in terms of mm. product announcements. Uh, and we're expecting lots of new smartphones to be announced. There's one notable absence, uh, obviously apart from Apple, at uh, Mobile World Congress this year in terms of a new flagship smartphone, and that is Samsung, mm. who have made it quite clear that they will not be launching the Galaxy S8 at MWC. They've launched every other Galaxy S smartphone at, 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 at in Barcelona, but uh, this year they're uh, they're going to do it about a month later is the rumor. Uh, the talk is that the phone is going to go on sale, in, at least in some markets, at the end of April. Mm. Uh, so I presume the the press conference for the S8 will, the rumor is it's going to happen in New York uh, sometime in March. Nice. Um, so nice. uh, I've said in previous episodes of Talk Central that uh, I think it's the device I'm most excited about this year, just because mm. of the fact mm. that Samsung has had such a terrible 2016 with the the Galaxy Note 7 that they need to pull the rabbit out of the hat this time around. Yeah. And And, and can you believe that they're still warning people on flights about that phone? It's incredible. (laughs) Uh, I saw it every time we bought it a plane. Oh, really? That's interesting. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. They've got a lot to prove, um, and Samsung uh, won't get it wrong. I mean, Mm. they they, they can't. They can't afford to. And also moving away from a Mobile World Congress for the announcement, I think, gives them more leeway to... Um, to do it in their own terms. Indeed, less um, other noise around the announcement. That's, exactly. that's, that's, that is true. We already know a lot, thanks to, to leaks, about what the Galaxy S8 is actually going to look like. It, it appears from, uh, from all the speculation and talk that uh, there are going to be two models, the S8 and the S8 Plus. The S8, uh, both models that appear are going to have a, the latest Snapdragon 835 processor, 
Uh, the talk is that the base models they'll start at 64 gigabytes of um, of storage, good, which uh, I think is is a must do in this day and age. Mm. I think Apple needs to. I think Apple still sells a 16 gig iPhone, don't they? Yeah, I mean my wife's got a 16 gig, and it's impossible to keep that thing no. uh, to to keep more than mm. a few megs uh, available. I mean you have to install so many apps and yeah. photos and things. Yeah, no, can't can't use 16 gigs. Anymore. 64 is the right uh, the right approach. Um, so two screen sizes, um, both big, 5.8 inch and 6.2 inch. Uh, so that's a big step up from the uh, from the current models, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, but the bezel is going to be a lot thinner. They're doing away with the home button, according to the speculation. Uh, the the fingerprint scanner is either going to be on the back, which I don't think is the best place for a fingerprint no. scanner, uh, or it's going to be embedded under the glass on the front of the device. Well, that'll be a much better proposition. If they can get it right. Yeah. I suspect that we're hearing different rumors because um, it's not clear whether Samsung has been able to, 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 to crack the technology at this point. Hmm. Um, Interesting the stuff. rumor is that the, uh, the new iPhone is going to have something similar as well. Um, but uh, it it's looks, from the pictures I've seen, the leaked images of the S8, it looks like an amazing device. Very little bezel on it um it's mostly screen so that increased screen size at 5.8 inch uh, i think is probably not going to increase the size of the phone very much if at all mm. uh although the 6.2 inch model is really i mean that's in phablet territory oh uh, yeah and we know that samsung does phablets so very well <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I, they, I, they actually do i mean they've yeah. got some of the best phablets out there or at least small tablets uh, well the reviews the note 7 got before it started exploding were were, were really incredible. good powerful mm, i mean the people mm. were saying this is the smartphone of the year um so you know two models make sense because they haven't had a replacement for the galaxy note 5 there was no note 6 if i recall correctly um and uh, so, you know, this, they're obviously plugging a gap here. Those who were looking to buy the Note 7 but couldn't because it was withdrawn are probably going to look at the at the 6.2-inch S8 Plus. Mm, mm. Um, these, phone, these phones, no doubt, will be running Android Nougat or Nougat, as the Americans Nougat. say. Uh, and um, pro- possibly Android 7.1, uh, which is the uh, version that's running on... Um, on the not the Nexus, the uh, what do they call them? Pixel, the Pixel oh, phones, yeah, the yeah. Pixel phone. um, which I really wish would come to South Africa because uh, if uh, I mean I'm looking to upgrade my phone this year, and uh, uh, I'm, you know I'll probably lean to the S8, but uh, if I, if I had a choice, I'd probably get a Pixel. Yeah, if it, if it if it ever comes here, I guess support will be another issue. We don't have the Orange Store anymore, so no. we can't even uh, no, get that is early access. Very to frustrating yeah. that the Orange Store isn't around anymore because that was my default place to buy phones. But I do think you can't go wrong with Samsung this year. They, they they're probably going to have the phone of the year, or at least mm. uh, in the top two position, without yeah. a doubt. Oh yeah, it's I mean it's it's early in the year still, but it's it's a two way fight between mm. Apple and mm. Samsung, yeah. as yeah. it was last year, I suppose. It'll be interesting to see if they do do anything within the augmented reality space, potentially. Mm. Very virtual I've reality. heard much about that in the speculation, and I was trawling through all the sites yesterday looking at the, the speculation. Um, it, it seems like one of the big selling points is this is going to be able to double, this phone is going to double as a PC. Um, so you can well, then it's got enough processing power to handle all these things. So for them, mm. it'll probably just be a, a matter of switching on uh, some yeah. features if they do want to release, release it. Does Samsung even play in the AR space? I thought they were more VR focused. <sighs> Yeah, they do have VR with their gear headset, mm. um, and they've got a 360 camera. It will be silly of them not to explore that, because I think the two, the two will definitely go hand in hand. Yeah. Some applications will call for VR, some will call for AR. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the phone, I mean, if you've got the right sensors built in, mm. um, you, they should be able to do it. Mm. Uh, they should be able to, uh, yeah. you know, to, to make use of those features, even if it's just a switch on at a later stage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, there's no doubt that they'll, they'll be punting the, the, the VR headsets mm. with the phone and they did that with the galaxy s6 and the s7 oh, yeah. uh, and uh, you know we'll probably see a new version of the headset announced at the same time yeah um but uh, it's not all about samsung at mobile world of course um well actually at mobile world it's not really about samsung at all it's uh, <laughs> about the um, smaller android manufacturers and um we're expecting some interesting stuff sony for example is mm-hmm. uh, anticipated to announce the x2 uh, i was a bit underwhelmed by the original x um i thought sony um, I think uh, we've mentioned this in, la- in last week's in the last podcast we recorded two weeks ago that uh, Sony seems to have lost the plot a bit in terms of um, you know where it's trying to position its phones. It had the Z, which was a very popular lineup, 
and then it scrapped it and then it introduced the X, which was kind of a replacement for the Z, but it wasn't really because it wasn't as high end. And then they introduced the XZ, which was the new flagship. Kind um, of directionless. Uh, it was kind of weird. What you see from, from someone. Um, and and I've, I've played with this, the, the, the Xperia X and it, it's not as powerful as the Z and uh, uh, it had a smaller screen and um, it, altogether it felt a little bit underwhelming. It had the, you know, the Sony characteristics you know the really well tuned um version of android that they've mm. got which i really like a lot um it it's it's slick it looks like something apple would produce um it's it's not something you get from one of the chinese manufacturers where it yeah. looks like it's all been slapped together um it's they've clearly put a lot of thought into it and and into um into the updates process into uh, the icons into the the whole look and feel of it which is some, something I think Sony does very well, but the the, the Xperia X, uh, I don't know, it kind of missed the missed the target for me. So it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do with the X2 uh, and how they differentiate it from the XZ, mm. uh, which is their flagship. And you would think a company like Sony would really go after this AR VR space. And again, I'm talking about this because uh, it's going to be a massive part of this mobile industry. Mm. Uh, this technology. Um, I mean, we know Sony for for their media um, devices or for their media uh, license or their, their, the ownership of the licensed uh, media that they've got. Mm. Let's hope they, they really do something spectacular with that this time around. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, so I wouldn't hold out too much hope for that. <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't seen it for a while. No. Um, they, they seem to be more interested in, in, in selling um, accessories that, that complement the phone, like the Xperia Ear. And similar sort of devices. But they've always um, been big on that. You know, buy a have. camera from them, uh, you'd have a range of accessories, obviously mm. at uh, very high prices, but mm. that's what it's all about. Yeah. I mean, I hope Sony I hope Sony really wows this year because, I don't know, the last year it's kind of felt that they've been drifting a bit. Um, and I think they're an important competitor in the smartphone market. Mm. Um, you know, not everyone likes Samsung. Um, not everyone likes TouchWiz, their implementation of Android. In fact, a lot of people dis- actively dislike <laughs> TouchWiz. It's one of the reasons I haven't used a Samsung device in years. Um, and, and one of the reasons I'm, I'd be nervous about going back to the platform, to be quite honest, although I believe it has advanced massively mm-hmm. since I last used a Samsung device, which was with the Galaxy S4. Um, you still can't remove TouchWiz. No. Well, you can root the, well, I suppose yeah, you can root it, it and but... put on a custom ROM on it. Um, although I've always struggled a bit with custom ROMs on, mm. on Galaxy devices. Um, my Galaxy S4 has long been rooted, um, but I've, you know, I haven't been able to get CyanogenMod to run nicely on it. Well, so it's not something that the consumers can really do. So, you know, you can mm. argue it's just for, for the, for the geeks uh, of us among, uh, of us out there. Oh yeah, I know. No, the vast majority of people would never root their, root their device and install a custom <laughs> one, let's be honest. <laughs> Isn't that the dream we all had for Android when it was first announced? Uh, uh, blank phones essentially with uh, the ability for you to update uh, to any to yeah. any operating system yeah yeah i, I was, i'm surprised that microsoft didn't push that more um they they really could have they could have and they should have i think um opened up that android market to windows phone mm. because wouldn't you love to take your old your old um, android phone and install windows phone on it as a yeah. project yeah definitely um, I mean, imagine the kind of thing developers could have done if they yeah started playing with it. And that's how you get people excited about a platform. But they never really did it. They, there was a rumor that they were going to do it, that they were going to open it up and make it easy and mm. provide the tools to, to be able to reach your Android phone and put w- Windows on it. But they never really, they never really did it. I wonder if there are licensing issues uh, where one party kind of doesn't want to offer licenses for an operating system if it can't be guaranteed that that license will be installed on a phone, potentially. I don't know. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, with Microsoft, it's almost always a licensing <laughs> issue. <laughs> but uh, it's it's not like they, you know, they were worried about losing revenue from license fees mm. because they give away that software to the manufacturers anyway. Um, they 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 changed their model years ago to to similar to to what Google does with Android. They just give the software away. I think it's on any device that's got smaller than a 11 inch or a 12 inch screen. Oh yes, it's free. Interesting. Mm. Well, well, didn't work for didn't really work for them. Right? Yeah. You know, um, I think they, they Microsoft came to to market with with that reinvented Windows Phone platform or Windows Mobile, whatever it's mm. called. I don't know what's called now. I think it's Windows Mobile. Um, uh, they came they came to market with it too late. Uh, mm. Windows Ten came too late to mobile, which was Android had won already, and they had really good hardware. It's a pretty mm. 
HTC also said uh, they're going to be launching something or yeah. rumored to be launching something. So the obvious one, I suppose, is the HTC 11. Mm-hmm. Um, HTC, I love, I love HTC's phones, but they're absolutely useless at marketing them. Yeah, I've, uh, I've got a love-hate relationship with that company. I did some work <laughs> with them many years ago and uh, had some. they had great phones, but... Mm. Um, it's such a difficult company to deal with. And you don't, I don't quite know what their direction is. Still don't. I no. didn't know, and I still quite don't know. But they've got some of the best hardware out there. I mean, mm. we've known that for a long time. They they, do. Their devices are generally top-notch. And they make the, they make the, um, uh, the Pixel for Google. Yeah. yeah. Um, and every HTC phone I've, I've had. Well, my first Android phone was an HTC phone, HTC Desire. Mm, I, I love that beautiful phone. device. I love that beautiful. phone. I mean, it's completely underpowered and useless now, but uh, but back then it was state of the art. It was it was that in the iPhone basically. You, yeah. choose, you could choose from. Um, but HTC, they produce. They've got great engineers. They produce great software. They great produce great hardware. But um, when it comes to Sydney in the South African market, when it comes to actually supporting them and get, getting them in the hands of consumers and marketing them and creating that distribution network, um, Samsung runs rings around them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, partly with bigger budgets and uh, people seem to want bigger ranges, although everybody, you know, all the manufacturers try and move away from bigger ranges, mm. you know. Um, but the HTC is said to have an HTH screen, which I think would oh. be quite interesting with a Snapdragon 835 chipset and 12 megapixel camera. Sounds just like the same, sounds like the same spec Samsung, as the yeah. Samsung, yeah. With 8, gigs, 8 gigs of RAM, 256 gigabyte of storage. 8 gig yeah, of RAM. 8 gigs of RAM. Good so grief. It's, so it's potentially, I mean, again, you can, they've, if you look at what HTC's done with the Vive, um, their the uh, augmented VR. reality VR uh, or solution, you know, they'll be silly to, to not have a device that's geared for, or at least powered for, for that type of gig of RAM. Good grief. And, and the screen size, is there any speculation um, about screen size? No, it doesn't say hmm. QHD. What is that? 5.5 inch. 5.5. Okay, so that's increasing as well. I think yeah. it's time because the I found the HTC phones, the screen sizes have become a bit small. Mm, mm. Um, I've got an HTC One M9 and uh, oh, uh, I was using it the other day and it's a bit small. Yeah, it's small. The screen's yeah. a bit small. Uh, 5.5 is a sweet spot, I think. Mm. Um, well, I'm, I'm quite keen to see this 5.8 inch Samsung. Um, because I mean, you get used to bigger phones, and I think that um, the manufacturers almost have to creep up slowly. You, you can't jump from a certain size to a much bigger size, but I think consumers get used to a bigger size. I've been using the uh, Moto Z um, or Moto Z um, uh, uh, smartphone, which is a 5.5 inch screen. And um, when I first started using, I thought, "Gee, this is a bit on the large side." Now I find it's a little bit. Mm. Maybe it's getting a little small. And we were making fun of phablets at one stage, do you remember? Yes. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, I guess media consumption now, the way that you consume things, you know, mm. if it fits in your pocket relatively comfortably. Mm. Um, we all used to be scared of bigger devices because they seem to be so impractical, but mm. the design of them is so good now. They're really solid devices. You're right. It's because the, ed- the, the, the bezels are getting smaller mm. and smaller mm. that the, the screen size can creep up. Because it doesn't feel like a tablet. The actual phone size is not that much bigger. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the screen size might have gone from 5 inch to 5.5 inch, but the phone itself hasn't gone up a half an inch has maybe gone up by a third of that exactly and now that you've got enough power to really drive really interesting uh, applications and uh, built-in features yeah um, yeah it's great to have who else is announcing huawei of course is um is going to be there and uh, that they're doing the what's it the um p10 the p10 uh they've been doing, making some really really nice phones lately actually the new mate htc htc huawei uh, mate 9 mm. uh, smartphone is beautiful yeah, yeah. um I, I do find they, they mimic iOS a bit too much for my liking. Um, mm. I, I don't think they need to do that. Uh, they you know they get rid of the app drawer. Uh, a lot of the icons look very iOS-ish. I think um, by tapping into market, they really want to compete with, especially in uh, the China market. It's such that's a big, true. important... That's true. Just as people are speaking, maybe they're listening to, to the customer feedback. Mm. But uh, fantastic phones. I mean, there was a point where Huawei was was um, a poor second cousin to mm. Samsung and Sony. Not anymore. No, no, they are 
uh, they're definitely top top rated. Mm. Uh, you can compare them yeah. quite easily to the to the other top brands. And the P10, I mean, um, I haven't read much speculation. I don't know if you've got uh, any rumors in front of you there and on your computer, Rachat, but um, I'm sure it's going to be a, a top spec device compar- comparable to the others. Yeah, no, definitely. It says 5.5 inch curved QHD screen, curved. It could be interesting. Mm. Uh, metal body fingerprint scanner, dual lens camera, potentially six gigabytes of RAM and mm. 256 gigabytes of storage. Whoa. And an, and an octa-core Kirin 960 chipset. Oh, that's their pro. That's their chipset. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yo, okay, that's interesting. Six gig of RAM. It's amazing how they've crept up. I mean, they, they, these phones have got PC level. Yeah, they've got serious hardware. But again, you know, they need to. They know what's coming. They know that uh, these devices are going to do so much more than just uh, mm. make calls and uh, display uh, YouTube videos or, or you know run apps mm. with augmented reality and virtual reality. Mm. These devices are going to be full on PCs that uh, that we have in our pockets. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Uh, this next level of uh, the, the way that we see the world through yes. our digital devices. Just need to do something about the batteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those damn batteries. If they don't blow up, they just run out. <laughs> they do. I mean, the more and more powerful processes and all the rest <laughs> of it. Um, you know, you might be able to, uh, you know, play mm. GTA 5 on your phone by this time next year. But uh, what's the point if the battery lasts five minutes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Any other manufacturer? Who have you missed out? Uh, Nokia. Nokia, of course. The rumored. I can't wait for this one. Thirty-three ten. Yes. Do you remember? Did you ever own a thirty-three ten? Yes, I did. I had two, if I remember correctly. And uh, I mean, the same nostalgia as what every other uh, Nokia thirty-three ten owner had it was a great phone, solid device. Snake. Yeah, Snake. Battery lasts for days, yeah. weeks. It even. was the, it was the Nokia phone that introduced Snake, I think. May have been. Yeah, may have I been, think it yeah. was. I and it was, it was a really sexy device. I mean, the, the design was slick for its time. You yeah. Know, really futuristic looking. And it wasn't and an expensive phone. It was It was aimed at the mass market. Yes, it um, was aimed at the mass market. Um, it was, it was uh, because it was around the time that the 6110 was out, and that was their top-end phone. Mm. Um, that was the one in gold, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a beautiful device as well. The business executives used to run around town with, uh, with the 6110. Oh, yeah. But the, the the rest of us plebs were using the 3110 or, or something similar. Um, but it was a great phone. It was... Um, it felt nice in the hand. I remember yeah. that I, had a, I had a dark blue one. And um, yeah, it was such a nice device. So now it's rumored to have, or, or it will have a color screen. Obviously, still low resolution to keep battery life uh, optimal. So is it going to be a feature phone still? They're not putting Android in it or anything? Um, I don't think they're going to be putting Android in it. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, my notes here. Um but uh, uh, color screen, low power device. Um, sm- uh, S40. Uh, no. The original ran S40, right? Oh, yes, S40. Sorry, yeah, yeah. And then there was S60 for some of the other devices. S60 was, yes. It was S40, I think, in that phone. I, I, I'm trying to remember back into the into the mists of time here. But um, I think S40 ran on those basic ones. And then S60 was more for those sort of crossover feature smartphones with keyboards yeah. and stuff. Um says you're rumored to, to sell for roughly fourth, uh, 59 euros. So about a thousand rand. About a thousand. So rand. it's certainly not cheap next to basic feature phones. But considering how strong the Nokia brand is, I mean, most mm. people will probably buy that as a very entry. You know, anybody that doesn't need a smartphone, but a feature yeah. phone would suffice. I mean, I own a Nokia 105, which, as far as I know, they still sell. Um, I think there may, oh, yeah, a, there may have been a successor now. Um, and that's that phone costs a um, I mean, even if you buy through a local um, or retail through a local um, cellular operator, where you're probably playing paying thirty percent of them, giving them thirty percent margin, you're still only paying about two fifty for that phone. Mm, mm. Um, if you if you find a wholesale route for getting that phone, you probably pay about one eighty for it. Uh, and that's a that's a full functional phone, and it will plays and it plays Snake. <laughs> Brilliant, which I mean, is the most important that's reason, biggest reason you buy the phone. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, others. I mean, forty-eight by forty-eight, uh, eighty-four by eighty-four display. Uh, yeah, same price as confirmed before, as rumored before. Um, and yeah, I'm looking for. I think I'm looking forward to typing your SMS uh, with uh, only nine buttons to work with. <laughs> <laughs> no Good WhatsApp. Times. No WhatsApp, I presume. Do you remember how quick you used to type uh, SMSs, even yes. with the yes. with the three press system? Yes, indeed. Indeed. Oh, wow. Well, we've come a long way. We have come a long way, but uh, <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. That Nokia press conference, I think, is going to be one of the most well attended at MWC. I think they're they're presenting around four thirty or five thirty on Sunday. 
Um, I'll be watching that uh, live stream with a great deal of interest oh, because yeah. they're not only introducing the 3310, of course, but they're introducing a whole range of uh, Android-based smartphones. Now, Nokia has introduced, I think it was called the Nokia 6, um, which was their first one, um, uh, you know, and under course. the license with HBD or HMD. What are they? HMD Global. Mm. Um, and uh, that has only been on sale in China, nowhere else in the world. Uh now, they're announcing three or four new Android models um, at Mobile World Congress, and presumably at least some of those are going to be coming to South Africa. Oh, yeah, definitely. Good times. Good times to see Nokia back in the game. Would you buy a Nokia Android phone? I don't have a need for it, but uh, to be honest, it's very it's very uh, tempting to buy one of those as a second device that you can use when you go out and about uh, hiking or yeah. you know go traveling somewhere that you need something that you're not uh, too worried about. I'd probably buy a Nokia over... Uh, any of the other brands because mm. you know you, well, you, you buy the what the 3310 or the uh, smartphone I'd, uh, no I'd buy the uh, I'd probably buy a normal feature phone yeah. Nokia 3310 would be just a be nostalgic phone. reason to, to buy it, it. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. but uh, any of the Nokias any of the, the feature phones yes. um, with a decent battery life and a, and a nice numpad because yes. you're not going to be necessarily typing mails or anything like this just to make yeah. calls and potentially mm. re- receive notifications mm. not that I have a need for it but it would be nice to own one add mm. one to the arsenal yeah indeed just for geek cred oh yes <laughs> <laughs> walk around with that one I believe there's a good market for old Nokia phones uh, on eBay as well that oh, you, uh, okay. so most of them still work and I imagine yeah, at a business meeting whipping out an original uh, Nokia 302110 brick yeah. we yeah. have to put out the antenna yes <laughs> yes yes. do you have any Nokias lying around no no, no, no unfortunately uh, tend to give my old phones away to people yeah, that I do the uh, same. want to use it. I do the same, but I've still got a Nokia E61 and a E51. And oh, wow. I think the 51 even, was a great phone. I think an E71, or was it? No, it was the E72. I've still mm-hmm. got that around here. That was a that was the buggiest phone Nokia ever did. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, the 61 was fantastic. Then they brought out the 71 and the 71 was, was just so full of errors. That software was awful. Um, it was around the time. In fact, they brought out the E72, I think, in the same year that Apple announced the iPhone. Oh, yeah, that would uh, kill any prospects of that device. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but it was a nice. I, I really liked the direction they went in with that, with the keypad, uh, the keypad device. Yeah. Well, they copy. They were copy. It was a clone of BlackBerry. Oh, yeah. Um, they, they were panicking about BlackBerry. That's what the E71 was, and the E61 and the E51 before it. Mm. Um, of course, they didn't really need to panic about BlackBerry because... Uh, Apple killed them too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple killed the BlackBerry star. <laughs> so, Mobile World Congress kicks off this Sunday. We'll be back uh, next week in this podcast, no doubt, uh, talking about all the announcements that were made. Oh, yes. So, uh, we'll, uh, we'll give our M- MWC and review podcast uh, next uh, this time next week. But let's, uh, let's move on to some of the other uh, news that's happened over the last uh, week or so. This was, I think, just over a week ago, but uh, we didn't do a podcast last week. And that's DSTV's price hikes. Um, Rachel, did you have a chance to uh, look at the numbers? Um, they, they were quite interesting. Yeah, yeah they are. I mean, mm. I, I kind of, I'm not, I'm not really, uh, I'm not open to, I'm not really worrying about it because I'm not a DSTV subscriber. Um, it's getting very expensive and they, I... I've heard a lot of outcry from uh, customers using it, um, but it's spurring them on to move to, to, to streaming services. Although there's a lot of people that still get a lot of value out of DSTV, so you can't completely knock it. I'm sure licensing fees go up. But, um, yeah, at, at what's, what's, the, what's the price going to be at uh, 7.59 a month? 7.89 oh, sorry, is Sorry, 7.89 a month. Yeah. Getting also close at one thousand rand mark. I mean, what? Uh, it is getting closer. And if you've got, if you're on the top end package and you want a PVR, you have to pay the access fee as well, uh, which um, to get all those PVR functionality. To get all the PVR functionality and then the online access with it. Um, the online access has now been expanded to all DSTV Premium customers, so you no longer oh, have to have really? that access okay. fee. Um, but yeah, no, it's gone up to seven eighty nine a month. Uh, will go up to seven eighty nine a month on the first of April, which is an increase of four percent. So that's below inflation. Um, but it comes on top of a huge increase last year. Uh, you'll recall mm, uh, mm. this time last year when they announced these price increases that um, the rand had tanked thanks to Zuma and Intlant Lenena being fired. Uh, I think the rand was sit- sitting at sixteen fifty or something. Um, and I think MultiChoice was in a very tough position then because it buys most of its content in, in dollars. Uh, so they, they pushed their prices up quite substantially then. Um, so they're coming down, they're coming going up by 4% for the premium customers this time around, so below inflation, but still an increase, even though the RAND has improved by about 20 to 25% mm. 
over the past year against the dollar. I'm not seeing that benefit back into you're that not, success. Certainly not seeing a price cut. Um, but I suppose they do try and manage this every year so that they don't mm. cut prices one year and then push them up 20% yeah, the next yeah. year. Um, but yeah, 6.5% increase in the price of DSTV Extra, which is the next um, package down. That goes to 489 rand a month. Um, and then DSTV Compact, which is a hugely popular bouquet, uh, that goes uh, up to uh, 365 rand a month, which is a 5.8% increase. So that's close to the where consumer price inflation yeah. is sitting. And yes, uh, sorry, Rehard? No, I said, uh, I guess the question really is, what do you get for that money if you're a, if you're a cord cutter? Mm. And you do get a lot of value for your money if you want to spend that, you know, let's, say, let's call it 800 rand mm. um, um, on content. Um, again, I guess not everybody's got access to streaming capable TVs or streaming capable devices. Sure. Um, and and you know, I do. I was I was uh, thinking about it the other day. You know, there is there is something that's quite nice about putting on your TV and not having to think about the lineup of stuff you want to watch. Yeah. Not not that it's a big issue. Um, it's certainly the, the one of the reasons why I moved away from from uh, yeah. paid for services. But that's um, the problem with television. Is, is you is can get switches, you it. switch your brain off. But uh, putting on sport, for example, it's it's a little bit more difficult to have twenty four hour sport running. Yeah. Um, you know, MTV Music Service. I guess you have got the YouTube equivalent. Um, yeah, it is, and you know the stuff like seeing in the news channels. Mm. Um, I think the biggest pressure that multi-choice is facing and, and is going to face is at the top end. Um, the people on the premium bouquets uh, who don't watch sport, mm. because if you're on those plans, the and you don't want super sport, you don't want to pay for super sport. Yeah. You don't have the option of not paying for super sport, and you are being increasingly well serviced by streaming services. Netflix has improved massively in yeah. recent months. Uh, every time I fire it up now on my TV, there's a new TV show, a new series. The library, South African library is very good. It's improved dramatically. Um, I, I would go as far as to say that now that Netflix stands out by far from all the other competitors in the mm -hmm. local market from a streaming perspective. But again, you need you need multiple services. I still mm. use Showmax for certain things. I mean, sure. I've kind of been watching a, you know, a little bit of uh, some older sitcoms and mm. stuff, and uh, Showmax has a no, different they've variety. No, they've got different variety, and they've still got local in, content. as well. In under 800 bucks so for those two yeah. and if I take a portion well of my well, well under, under but if I take a portion of my um, fiber connection money that I could mm. uh, potentially write off to the entertainment side of it mm -hmm. it's it's still a lot of value for money mm. it is it is and uh, we've got real cho choice now because of course, of course Amazon Prime is available locally as well and oh, yes. have you signed up for that I have I'm using it yeah um, I, I thought I would cancel after I, 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 I find uh, um, Jeremy Clarkson quite funny so I signed <laughs> up for uh, the Grand Tour. Okay. Uh, and I've stayed watching it because they've slowly introduced other shows. Um, Goliath, I haven't started watching it yet, but I believe it's absolutely fantastic. And this is Amazon original content. Uh, yes. uh, Goliath, I think, is an Amazon show, yes. Apparently they've got some good titles under their banner. Yeah, it's not as good as Netflix by any stretch okay. of the imagination yet. Um, but uh, I think Jeff Bezos is spending big money. So I mm. would expect that during the course of this year, it's going to improve dramatically. But it's very cheap right now. It's an introductory price, I think, of two dollars ninety-five a month. So it's almost oh, a no. Good. It's almost then a no-brainer. I must go and check it out. Yeah. Um, I think towards the middle of the year they they're talking about increasing the price. I, I don't know if they've said by how much at the stage, um, but um, two dollars ninety-five a month. And they've got Goliath, I believe, is good. We're going to start watching that hopefully in the next week. Yeah. Um, and they've got a show called The Man in the High Castle, which has also got rave reviews. It's um, I've heard about that one. It's yeah. a basically uh, uh, the plot is you know they ask what if the Nazis won the war. Yes, um, a little alternative history yeah. uh, story. I believe Sounds I believe it's very good, and they've got some quite good movie content on there as well. So we're spoiled. Showmax is um, Showmax is a good service. Um, mm. Don't get me mm. wrong. I mean, I'm I'm not not running them down in any way. They've they've sure, got sure. good good content. I just think Netflix is ahead of them right now in terms of what they're offering in the South African store. Mm. Um, in terms, especially in terms of original content, yes. there's great original content on Netflix. And Amazon, I would put in third place, mm. Um, mm. just because they have a, lack, a real lack of content on there at the moment. But it, it's showing signs of improving quickly. Oh yeah, and they have to. If they're going to put their price up in the middle of the year, then they're going to have to. They're going to have to jack up their content before oh, definitely. then. Definitely. And um, I have to put YouTube on that. I mean, even though you don't pay for it, I've of been course. discovering some really amazing full-length documentaries mm. and. Uh, 
you know, and programming. Um, hey, if there. YouTube, if YouTube Red came here, I'd pay for it in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just no, we get, had this discussion. I just mean, to get rid of those ads. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for for music <laughs> purposes, I would love to pay and just to mm. play the music videos. I'm a big yeah. fan of, or oh, I was a big fan of putting on MTV and VH1 in the background. Yes. Uh, when I had DSTV, that was one of the reasons why mm. I, I love DSTV so much. I mean, I'm already a Google Play Music subscriber. I pay 60 rand a month for that. Um, I'm very pleased to see that the music services give us uh, here in the third world <laughs> discounted <laughs> yeah. prices because in the States you pay $10 a month for that. Mm. Um, but uh, So I'm already a subscriber there. And if you're in America and you subscribe to YouTube Red, which is, I think, $10 a month, you get Google Play Music thrown in for free. Mm. Good value. It's for great value. Yeah, great value. value. Yeah. Of course, um, Amazon Prime Video is thrown in for free if you've got an Amazon Prime account in, in the US or the oh, UK. Yeah. Um, Add-on services. Yeah. Add-on services. So I think you pay $99 a year. You get free priority delivery on Amazon orders. Plus, you get a whole bunch of value-added services, including Prime Video for free. I'm sure we'll get Amazon here soon, Duncan. Yeah. It's coming. The we can buy our toilet paper online. <laughs> God, wait. <laughs> I, I buy my dog food through Take a Lot, so uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm primed and ready. Mm-hmm. Primed and ready. Um, I, uh, I I would actually buy my toilet paper through Take a Lot too, but uh, they don't have a good price. <laughs> <laughs> You've checked it out. I have. <laughs> I raise my case. Household groceries. It's oh, yeah. the bane of my life. If, if I don't have to spend two hours on a Saturday morning shopping at Checkers mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Pick and Pay or something, I could do it in front of my computer and say, oh, would you like to reorder these? Yes, please yeah yeah have it delivered Look, i've certainly found a lot of use in buying my beyond line you know not having to go to the shop uh, it's it's amazing <laughs> lands at your door you can just lie on your couch and they just bring you beer exactly <laughs> and soon it'll be with a drone so they can even pour it for you <laughs> yeah in those craft beers are a bit heavy though the drone might crash the drone <laughs> anyway what were we talking about um we're getting the dsv of- price hikes. oh DSTV. digressed yeah yeah so um so i think at that top end that uh, re- really sort of premium end where people have fiber broadband at home i think you find people are saying well actually do i really need to be subscribing to this anymore and they'll have the smart tv or the apple tv potentially they that, uh, absolutely at that top end yeah a lot of these services come built into your TV now. I mean, I don't have one. I still hook up a, a computer. Yes. Um, and I like the functionality. I prefer. I've, I've, got a, I've actually got a full-on Windows PC connected yeah, to my yeah. TV, and I actually prefer it. It's, it's uh, a big one. Uh, yeah. What, what have you got in that machine? It's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Core i7 and uh, uh, etc. Nice. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like having a full PC connected mm. to my TV because it allows me to do all sorts of things. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, You're not limited by, by, by some… It uh, runs a Plex server. It's… it's uh, you know, I can I can um, run software-based VPNs on it. I can mm, uh, yeah. um, I can just use a web browser to access all of these streaming services. I don't have to rely on a on, uh, an, app. on an app running on a TV that might be a bit flaky. Yeah. You know. And on that note, I see Showmax has um, uh, has has changed their layout, uh, the look and feel, to look a lot more like uh, Netflix now. Yes. So yeah, yes. that was uh, and that works well. It works much better than the old interface that on a big screen mm. uh, on a browser. Mm. Right. That's DSTV. Um, we'd love to get your thoughts, actually. Uh, you know, have you cancelled your DSTV subscription? Do you keep your DSTV subscription? Why do you do that? Uh, what are your thoughts? Which uh, streaming service are you subscribing to? Which ones Which ones do you like? Which ones don't you like? Send us a mail. We'd love to hear from you. Info at techcentral.co.za. Good, good. So uh, you're going to be buying shares in Snapchat. I might have to. I don't use the service. I try to use the service, but I think I'm just out of the bracket. Of understanding the technology. Yeah, no, I'm the same. I think we're uh, we're just past the age where you can actually we have brains that can figure it out. <laughs> um, but one thing I'm not going to be doing is buying shares. Um, I think that this is um, a disaster waiting to happen. Actually, um, maybe I'm too old to it get it. For, it worked for Facebook as a social media platform to to go public. So it did, yeah. but Facebook is very different. Sure. Um, this is uh, this is a potentially a um, this is potentially a, what's the word, uh, not fly-by-night operation. It's uh, potentially something that consumers are going to have fun with and then say, oh, actually, I'm bored of this now. Let's mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. And Facebook, uh, I think, is a very real threat to Snapchat because they're rapidly integrating a lot of the features yes, of Snapchat indeed. into their own products, especially into Instagram. Mm. Um, I mean, those stories uh, that they've introduced into Instagram were a real clone of, of what Snapchat oh, does. Yeah. Um, they're introducing some features into WhatsApp now. They're testing them in WhatsApp in some markets where you have disappearing uh, images, mm. which is, I mean, a, a, a pure clone of Snapchat. If, 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 if I was Snapchat. And more accessible to people like us who yeah. don't have to switch to another platform. Yes. We've already got an audience yes. um, on these. Yes. So, yeah, you're right. Very real threat. Um, so, 
you know, what's the and and you know, Snapchat's model is ab- making money from advertising, really. Um, I mean, they're appe- appealing to a market that isn't as wealthy as the market no, that appeals power. to Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're talking youngsters here who don't have the spending power mm. necessarily. Mm. Um, I mean, sure, there is a there is a market there for 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 marketers who trying to advertise certain types of products. I mean, I'd imagine that. Um, you know, consumer products like mm, KFC mm. or Coca-Cola or um, those sort of things might f- find value in the platform. But, you know, going to market, put possible valuation north of $20 billion, uh, which would put it uh, above Twitter. I guess they need to make, oh, I guess uh, the investors need to make money and, uh, you know, people want to make money off, uh, off it. It's always, always more money to make. Yeah. What's not uh, encouraging is that uh, the uh, top management team um, will be selling shares as part of the IPO. Uh, which doesn't instill the greatest amount of confidence. Oh, yeah. When the management team says, okay, we're going to offload a big chunk of shares at listing, cash out, um, what do they know? Maybe they just want to go on vacation. Anyway, maybe I'm just old and cynical, um, <laughs> but I won't be buying Snapchat shares. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of shares, um, we have a new stock exchange in South Africa. First time in over 50 years. Wow. Uh, it's called ZARX. And I met their chief technology officer earlier in the week uh, and actually recorded a podcast with him. It was a fascinating discussion. Um, it was, um, they launched, I think it was a Monday morning, they listed their first share, a company called Senwes, Senves. They're, um, in effect, one of those old agricultural co-ops that's modernized. And um, the first trade took place uh, uh, right after the market opened. I think it was at 9 a.m., and the full trade was settled in 10 seconds. Hmm. Uh, and this is the selling point of ZARX. If you buy a share on the JSE, uh, you have to wait T, what's called T plus 3. There's a T plus 3 settlement cycle, which means you have to wait a minimum of four days before you get your money in your bank account. Um, uh, it's, um, I'm not sure the reason why there's such a delay. It used to be T plus 5, meaning six days settlement and uh, just uh, recently they introduced t plus three settlement through straight uh which is the um how would you describe them they they manage the settlement of shares mm. electronic settlement of shares um very specialist company um Zorix also works through straight uh, but they're doing immediate settlement real-time settlement so you buy a share from someone else and the money changes hands immediately and it's settled immediately they say this is much less risky than, in fact, uh, the T plus three settlement that the JSE does. But they're, of course, pitching it as their, their, um, one of their principal selling points. And they're saying that um, they would, wouldn't have been able to do what they are doing on the, at the cost that they're doing it um, today, launching a stock exchange electronically, an, an electronic cloud-based, in effect, stock mm, exchange. Mm. They wouldn't have been able to do this five years ago in South Africa. Um, because the data centers weren't here and the fiber wasn't here. Mm, mm. Um, so they're taking advantage of the fact that there's all this open access fiber in the ground and then that there are multiple data centers that have been built and they can build redundancy into that system. They don't actually have any data center facilities in their offices. I went to their offices in Bryanston. It's like an ordinary office. Uh, the cloud. And it's all online, um, completely electronic exchange. Um, Fascinating podcast. Anyway, if you're interested in, in, in markets and just interested in how technology is upending industries, uh, I'd suggest going to have a look at that. If you don't uh, haven't come across our new Tech Central podcast, by the way, I, I, uh, I, uh, I recommend going to um, subscribe to it. You can uh, get it through your favorite podcatcher. Uh, Pocket Cast is the one we recommend here. It's really, really good software. It's not free, um, but it's um, probably the best I've seen, certainly mm. on Android. Mm. And it's also available on iOS and Windows Phone if you're one of the holdouts on that platform. <laughs> um, and it's also, there's also a web-based version. You have to pay for each version separately, um, and they give good reason for that. They say they, they've got development teams working on each of the platforms, and they want to fund it mm. um, You know, if you find value in it. They also have a web app, which I find very useful, which I paid for. Um, uh, which really allows you to uh, manage your podcasts uh, from your desktop, from a Windows browser. Um, nice. Uh, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, the talk, Tech Central podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're doing interviews, for probably an average one or two a week. Um, did one this morning with Rashad Shah, who uh, is uh, heading up SquidNet, which is the new Internet of Things network. It's being built by Dark Fiber Africa. Also a fascinating discussion. Um, uh, they've rolled out the network now in Gauteng, and they are encouraging developers to get into contact with them because they've got free 
uh, hardware dev kits that they'll ship to developers who are interested in building solutions for their IoT network. So they're shipping out, as I understand it, um, uh, I think it's Arduino boards. There might be some black, uh, some um, Raspberry Pi boards as well that they ship out that are that have the chips built into them to connect to the IoT network. And they're challenging developers to uh, to build. Um, to build IoT solutions uh, for the South African market. Nice. Uh, so if you're a developer and you're listening to the show, uh, do check out that podcast, specifically the interview with Reshard Shah, and find out the details about how you can get one of those free kits from them and uh, maybe that's do some brilliant. dev. Brilliant yeah. stuff. It's great stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so that's the podcast. Uh, you can also get it in iTunes now. Uh, they finally um, accepted it into the iTunes store after several weeks of delay, <laughs> of waiting. Nice. Nice. So uh, if you're looking for our podcast, simply go into your favorite podcatcher or into iTunes and search for Tech Central. Simple as that. And you'll find both podcasts there. Talk Central, which is this podcast, which Rachel and myself try to record every Friday. We don't always get it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Tech Central podcast, uh, which is our new podcast and we'll push, be pushing out probably around two podcasts, uh, aiming for about two podcasts uh, a week and uh, uh, trying to only interview uh, really interesting people on really interesting current topics. Um, if you've got feedback on that show or on this show, uh, we'd always love to hear from you. Let us know the email address. Uh, we read all of your emails. Info at techcentral.co.za. So let's move on to our regular features. Um, our winner and loser of the week. Uh, Rechard, I've chosen our winner this week. And that is... It's a good winner. It's a good winner. The ZA Central Registry. Um, they are the, the company, organization, uh, that manages the .co.za domain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also recently launched the .durban, .joburg, and Cape Town domains. Yeah, yeah. Have you registered any domains on those uh, geographic uh, Not Not yet. Or? I'm looking forward to this one that's upcoming, .africa, but uh, I haven't really had a need in any of my my little projects to do to do the, the city-based ones. Or, yeah. uh, the, the city based ones. Yeah. But I'm a big fan of URLs. I own a lot of them. No, I buy a lot of them. I spend a lot of money on URLs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, text, I think I own techcentral.joburg, actually. Nice. Uh, registered I can see a lot of benefit in it. Um, mm. But they, they're a little bit pricey. I mean, you need to, be sure, of, you you need to be sure of the business you're launching around them. Mm. Um, even for some of the, the commercial companies that I work with, it's not really, I mean, .0.0 is sufficient for that. Mm. Um, but again, I can, see the, I can see the benefit in having one of those. But .Africa is certainly uh, one to, to, to keep an eye on. Anyway, they've finally been given, I forget the technical term, and I don't have the story in front of me, so forgive me, um, Mike Silber, I know you <laughs> You listen to the podcast, and uh, um, uh, of course Mike is a, a director, uh, I think he's a director, I think it's the, the, the title, uh, at ICANN, uh, yeah. the uh, internet, uh, what is the internet uh, corporation for assigned names and numbers, I think, um, and uh, uh, ICANN, um, has wanted to award this to the ZA Central Registry for some time, the .Africa top-level domain. Mm. And there's been a bit of a legal battle going on with a Kenyan organization called .Connect Africa, a very complex, arcane legal process uh, that's been going on for many years. Anyway, the the, the .Connect Africa folks have lost that case, and uh, the uh, domain has now been assigned, if that's the right word, to uh, the ZACR, and they are soon going to begin the process of um, allocating .Africa domains. There's going to be a, the various phases where they launch this. The first mm-hmm. phase uh, will allow you to, I think it's the sunrise phase, they call yeah, it. Yeah, the sunrise phase. Uh, where they, um, you as a, if you own the copyright or the intellectual property around a particular brand, like, you know, we own Tech Central, we'd be mm-hmm. able to mm-hmm. submit our, our, um, our uh, claims to that early in the process, mm-hmm. um, presumably, uh, uh, by submitting our copyright um, information, um, our IP applications uh, to the copyright office to uh, the ZACR, and then they would allocate that to us in that early phase of the project. Mm, mm. Uh, and then later on, uh, still this year, they're then going to open it up to all applicants who are interested. Anyone can go and register a domain. We don't know how much they're going to cost yet. Hopefully, they're not too expensive. Um, I'm sure they'll be up there with the .jobo.cape town. Mm, probably. Will be yeah, it'll be a, quite a prominent uh, URL to get. It is yes, and um, uh, I, there's going to be big demand. I've got no doubt that uh, I think this is going to be much bigger than the the, the demand yeah. for the city's domains. Um, so uh, um, if you have any, you really plan to re- um, to register record, do not mention them on this podcast. Africa dot Africa, my dot Africa, my dot Africa. That's going to be one of the first to go, right? Um, yeah, my dot Africa. 
it's worth actually sitting down and giving some serious thought to you, some nice domains. Yeah, you just have to be quick on the draw with this. You do, um, you do. Get your yeah. business in first if you own that copyright, like you said. But uh, oh, you have as a business, you have to do that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, think of some creative uses for that. I'm sure mm. there will be some interesting name combinations. Mm. But mm. Um, yeah, I love the idea. Oh, I'm a big fan of of new domains uh, extensions, at yeah. least. Yeah, but um, you could get some nice vanity URLs as well, like mm. Rechart in Africa. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so they're our winner this week, ZA Central Registry, uh, for, um, for for finally prevailing on that uh, um, that legal battle and uh, g- getting the um, assignment, if that's the right word. Uh, I know there are specific words that I can use as um, uh, uh, deliberately uses, uh, so I'm probably butchering them. But uh, <laughs> but uh, the, the long and short of it is that the Af- Africa top level domain will be available soon yeah. if you want to register a domain. Um, our loser this week is uh, the former CEO of ESCOM, Brian Molefe, uh, who was sworn in this week as an MP after saying just uh, a couple of months ago when he uh, resigned from ESCOM under a cloud um, uh, of association with the Guptas, etc., uh, that he was going to uh, leave ESCOM and um, focus on clearing his name. Uh, I'm not quite sure how becoming an MP is going to help him clear his name, but <laughs> here we go. It's a very sad, a very sad... Uh Development of events there. Anyway, the rumor is that he might be the next deputy finance minister or possibly even finance minister. Oh, my goodness. Um, and uh, uh, that the uh, current minister or deputy minister may be on the way out. Um, uh, I think everyone knows the background to this and the uh, shenanigans going on behind the scenes and uh, the, the split within the ruling party between the uh, guys who want to do the right thing and uh, the guys who are trying to loot the state. Mm. Um but uh, let's leave that one there. He's our loser of the week, Brian Molefe. Rechard, what's your pick this week? So I've got a little pick popped up in my timeline. It was actually launched last year, and I've uh, really been enjoying listening to this. Now, I'm sure you you know of the, the artist called Moby. Um, he launched uh, about four hours worth of what he calls calm sleep music but i i use this kind of ambient music i'm a big fan of having ambient music for when i work um or when i'm trying to be a bit relaxed uh you know in my home office uh, just trying to figure out a project or, or doing something like that um so i mean i don't do yoga or any of these things that uh, he's actually written the music for but uh, i find this collection really interesting and, and really you know up there with uh, the high quality ambient music that i like to listen to um, so yeah, I'm Moby launching four hours. It's available. We'll put the link in the show notes, but moby.com forward slash LA1. And I'll, I'll play you a little snippet of one of the tunes. Um, I'm not sure if you do any of this thing when you, when you, when you work or when you're trying to be in a nice space. I have some, I've got a good playlist of kind of music across all genres that okay. I like to listen to. I find funnily enough when I need to write and I need to concentrate, I, mm. I fire up Iron Maiden and, and you I like turn, the, the louder stuff. I do yes, like the louder, the louder stuff. stuff. But particularly Iron Maiden. I don't know. There's something about the beat, uh, something about the pace of the drumming. And I turn the volume up, I put headphones on, and uh, the words just flow. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I guess uh, I can also do it sometimes. But the, major- <laughs> the majority <laughs> of the music that I enjoy uh, for, for that kind of uh, is, yeah, it's kind of more relaxing music. So let me just turn this up to give you an idea. Um, you can download you can download all four music uh, all four hours or you can uh, listen to it on Spotify, but it's really tranquil kind of sounds. Uh, you sure you don't do yoga? <laughs> no, no, my wife does, but uh, I, I don't bend that way. But uh, um, she she also she also pointed this out to me, which is actually why I saw it, and then I did some research and I realized that this was actually released last year. Okay. Um, and she she's also loving it for for that reason. Mm. Yeah, it's just kind of spiritual, tranquil music. Um, but yeah, uh, as you can hear, might sound weird out of context if you're just listening to ten seconds. But if you have it on in the background, it it. it Helps focus the mind. I feel wiser already. <laughs> I feel but like with a, with a good with a good audio setup, which I have, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the sounds really good, and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, 
it, it's not something you focus on. Uh, mm. where, where if you listen to you know, loud sensitive. rock music, you can you can focus on part of the music while you work. Where yes. this is, you, you actually tune out the music. Tune it's out. just it's more relaxation. Yeah, more like white noise. You know, I should try it. Actually, I've been struggling to sleep lately. Yeah, and yeah. apparently it works well for that too. So yeah. Moby's sleep playlist. All right, so I'll try. I'll try the Megadeth with my cornflakes and <laughs> <laughs> a bit of uh, a bit of Moby when I'm trying to go to bed. Oh, Maybe sounds, it'll sounds totally normal, Duncan. <laughs> All right, my pick this week is uh, is uh, an audiobook, actually. I've been getting through quite a few of these lately, um, mainly because I've uh, reached my maximum six credits on, uh, on Audible, <laughs> so I'm having to read, listen to some books, otherwise I'm going to lose money. But um, it's actually a very good book, and I, I, I went to listen to this guy at Investec a couple of weeks ago. His name is Mark Go- Goodman. Uh, he's a former New York police officer, and um, he's reinvented himself as a cybersecurity guru. I think I might have mentioned him actually last, mm. last week's podcast when I spoke about Dashlane, the password management uh, tool, yeah. which I'm still uh, thoroughly enjoying, by the way. Um, so he wrote a book called Future Crimes. Um, it's about a year old now, I think, uh, but I'm still very current uh, and absolutely fascinating. Um, this book will leave you paranoid. Um he it's impeccably researched he talks about all of the i mean he talks about virus writers he talks about hackers he talks about uh the internet of things he talks about just about everything in technology uh, from a cyber crime point of view a cyber security point of view goes into incredible detail about the dark net about online criminal networks uh, about um, bank hacking about uh, um, all the different ways um, criminals, you know, try to access online bank accounts, try to access your online uh, services. Um, and, you know, it's the reason I, I started using Dashlane and why I'm really securing my online life. Mm. Uh, because um, the stuff that's going on out there is actually quite scary. <laughs> yeah. And this book, uh, you know, a lot of what's in this book, I've already kind of knew. It's, you know, it's stuff you read in the tech press. It's stuff you hear about, but you, you always get it in snippets. You never get it in a concentrated form where you really get a, a detailed insight, a detailed view mm. of, of just um, how at risk you are online if you're not practicing certain safe computing practices. Mm, yeah. uh, and this book is long. It's over 20 hours, um, very well read um, uh, and fascinating. Um, uh, if you're if you're in the IT industry, a lot of the stuff that's in this book you will already be aware of. But what it does is it it pulls it all together, and it perhaps talks about things that you kind of know about, but you don't perhaps give enough thought to. Mm. Um, you know, um, like I mean, the classic example is having the same password for multiple online services. It is a terrible, terrible idea. Uh, if you've got the same password across your Microsoft, your Google. Amazon, etc. accounts. Stop listening to this podcast right now and go change, change your right passwords. Now. It's a major, major risk. Um, and I know a lot of people do that. I mm. did it. I'm gu- I, I did I, it. I was guilty of it. And you mustn't do it. Yeah. Um, this book has made that co- am, am very clear to me. But not just about password management. It talks about uh, safe uh, practices more mm. broadly. What what type of apps you should install. What what um, what you should uh, watch out for when you're installing an app on your Android phone, for example. You know, you shouldn't be simply allowing all of these permissions. Yeah. And I've started doing that. I install an app, you know, and it asks me, oh, I want access to your contacts. And you just say, no, deny. And if it says, oh, sorry, this app doesn't work without access, then uninstall it's not it. Worth it. Not worth it. It's not worth it. And there's plenty of these things out there, and you don't even think about it. You think about you install a, uh, a wallpaper manager on your phone, and you just, you know, okay, wants access to my con. Okay, whatever. You know, it's give it access to my contacts. Give it access to my internet connection. Give it access to my camera. What's it actually need all this access for? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, you know, this book I think has opened my mind to some of these things, and I, I I'm simply not going to allow these things to access these services um, because they don't need access to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, today's connected world, we need to be so cautious, and uh, mm. it's it's another level of security we need to add. Yeah. Not just a password manager, but actual common sense or. or at least a heightened sense of security yes. um, that we need to enforce with you have our to digital f- lives. I think uh, I think that's the message this book brings home, which is what, what makes it so good. Is it? It. It. You're right. It. It. You've got to be thinking about security all the time when you're on the internet. Oh. Uh, don't go for the easiest option uh, when setting up. Don't go for the easiest password. Enable two-factor authentication mm. uh, if it allows it. And, and Microsoft and Google, by the way, uh, you install simply install an app on your phone now. When you want to log into a new device, Facebook uh, does it as well, like a co-generator. Oh, I'm gonna set it up for Facebook. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. Steam does it. Um, 
it's a little app that sits on your phone and you know whenever you log into a new device you simply pick up your phone hit the approve button yes, or it gives you a yes, code that you yes. type in onto the on, onto your browser or whatever you're trying to connect so to. important and it works well it, it works well it, it really is going to stop almost every attempt to hack your account mm. um even if the attacker has your password you can't get in yeah exactly uh, but it's a great book i highly recommend book. it it's a long book over 20 hours uh but um but uh, uh, very good. And I assume you can also buy this as a physical book. I mean, this is probably available in South Africa. It's available as a physical book as well. Okay. Um, the the audible, audible is very good, though. It's um, it's. Uh, There's a joy in with the narration. It's well read. <laughs> Excellent. I'll look out for that. Great stuff. Um, I think that's our show, Rechat. Uh, we just need to do our quiz results. Indeed. Shall I get the first one? Sure, go for it. Dark Fiber Africa subsidiary SquidNet has switched on its Internet of Things network in Gauteng. It is using technology from which French company? And the answer there is Sigfox. Sigfox. What a strange name. Uh, the second question. MultiChoice has expanded access to its DSTV Now online streaming service. Which DSTV subscribers can now access it? And the answer is all DSTV premium subscribers. Premium subscribers. Uh, there are over 60 channels on there. Uh, previously, it was only people who had a PVR, an active PVR, who can mm. access it. But they've uh, broadened it now. It's quite nice. Mm. The third question, and uh, this was really exciting news. I'm very fascinated by this. How many Earth-sized planets have been discovered orbiting a nearby star? And for a bonus point, we wanted to know what is the system called? The answer there is seven Earth-like planets, and the system is TRAPPIST-1. Trappist one. What a cool story. And it's uh, what, 39 light years away? Yeah, only 39 light years. Uh, and it takes you a lifetime to get there. But <laughs> yeah, but teeming they, with prospects. The scientists, I mean, I've been reading quite a few articles about this, and they're suggesting that this is the best candidate now to look for alien life. Oh. It's in our neighborhood. And uh, it's 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 close enough that we could potentially, you know, if there's mm. intelligent life there, we could communicate it with radio signals over a 39-year exactly, period. Exactly. And what made me very excited is uh, they also said the scientists are now um, can more accurately predict that there are a lot more of these systems mm. um, closer by than what we'd expected. Mm. Uh, we may even find uh, some others in a nearby system. It is inevitable that there's life in the universe. Oh, yeah, yeah. without a doubt, it's, without a doubt. And I, I actually now think, in, given the current advances in the pace of, 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 of science and astronomy and telescopes, uh, that we there's a good chance that we're going to find alien life with while, while we the within our lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, it's so exciting, man! Brings out the inner trick in all of us. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to be meeting green aliens, but I think we'll we'll prove definitively that there is life uh, on the surface of another planet before yeah. we die. Uh, and even if it's just plant life, that we can, you know, and, and, and there's new space. There's new space telescopes going up. The Hubble Space Telescope is new going Hubble to be replaced. Yeah. There's something called the James Webb Space Telescope, yes. which is going to be yes. like ten times more powerful, or even more powerful. Not your average phone camera. <laughs> no. Um, and, and and these new telescopes are, are and 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 their, the ability to study the atmospheres of, of planets star orbiting other stars um, is going to be allow us to actually identify which ones have got plant life and possibly even animal life on based on on what's in the atmospheres and then presumably sometime in the next couple of hundred years uh, we'll be in a position as a species to to send uh, spacecraft to 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 those planets oh, yeah. to find out and look there. at what uh, elon musk is doing with space and artificial intelligence and the battery technology mm. it's exciting times for us to send our probes into the universe it is. It is. Reminds me, actually, the, the uh, follow-up to the book I recommended a couple of weeks ago, if anyone's read it, um, We Are Legion, We Are Bob, mm. uh, mm. my favorite sci-fi book <laughs> in years. The sequel's coming out in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be my next book. Um, right, we were with the quiz, weren't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next question. Who is stepping down this month as chairman of Ultron, marking the end of an era? And that is, of course, Bill Fenter, who founded Ultron 51 years wow. ago. Wow. That was before the smartphone. It was. <laughs> the fifth question. <laughs> ZARX, a new technology-based stock exchange, has been launched in South Africa. Which company was the first to list on the exchange? And as we mentioned, the answer is Senwes. Senwes. And that's our show. Uh, as always, info at techcentral.co.za is our email address, and we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think of the show, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, drop us a mail, and we do read all of, our, all of them, we promise. So until next time, uh, our post-Mobile uh, World Congress wrap-up show, which will be next Friday, mm -hmm. from Echel and myself, cheers. Ciao, ciao.